Okay, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Uh, this morning, I'm very pleased and honored to have with me my guest, Warren Lazaro, who's one of the senior partners at O'Melveny & Myers. Warren, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So now, Warren, you're obviously one of the legendary Silicon Valley. I think of you as one of the legendary Silicon Valley, you know, entrepreneur, venture capitalist type uh, startup lawyers. Tell me a little bit of how you, you know, got into this career, what drew you into that field of law, etc. cetera. Uh, well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, so I started my career, I'm from the East Coast, uh, born and raised. I was educated on the East Coast, went to law school in New York, started in New York, uh, was an attorney at a firm on Wall Street for about three and a half years. And then my wife and I, uh, my wife is from the West Coast, my wife and I decided to look on the West Coast and see if we couldn't find a city that we liked. So about 30 years ago, uh, we looked at cities from Seattle down to San Diego, and we stumbled upon San Francisco in the Valley. This is literally 1988-1989. Hmm. Um, it was early, uh, relatively early in the in the development of the Valley, and we loved we loved the Bay Area. Uh, I, I loved the opportunity to work with different companies. My practice prior to moving out to the West Coast. Uh, primarily representing uh, large investment banks doing leveraged buyouts, uh, a lot of financing. Uh, they were called junk bonds back then. Today they're called... Uh, high yield, right? High yield. Uh, <laughs> but years ago it was called junk bonds when junk bonds didn't have the um, uh, connotation that it, it ended up having over the years. And so we moved here in 1990. Uh, we didn't, my wife and I did, we didn't know anybody personally or professionally. Um, started at a firm called Brobeck, Flager & Harrison, which was a San Francisco-based firm, which was one of the early law firms in the Silicon Valley. And uh, so I began my uh, tour of duty in the Silicon Valley. I never brought my files from my New York practice into the office at Brobeck because the practice that I had been used to was completely irrelevant to the practice in the Silicon Valley. Mm. Um, and although I enjoyed my uh, three and a half years in New York, I just couldn't believe the variety of work and the opportunities that the Valley practice mm -hmm. offered me. Mm. And uh, I had never heard of preferred stock before. I had never uh, incorporated a company. I had never done any stock option plans. I had never done any employment agreements. This was these were all foreign to me. Mm. Um, but I quickly immersed myself into the Valley practice and uh, really began to learn and to like what I was doing. Mm. Um, it took me a couple years to adjust to this practice because this practice is completely different than any, than any other kind of practice around mm -hmm, the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's even different than big cities up and down the West Coast. Um, and so it took me a good two years to feel really comfortable about what I was doing, negotiating style, uh, getting a feel for the clients and the work itself. Well, I remember Brobeck, obviously. I was a venture law group in the late yeah. 90s, so I remember Brobeck well. Tell me a little bit about some of the, in your you know career in the Valley, you've been here a long time, what are some of the highlights in terms of either clients that you work with that kind of really stand out in your mind? Either, you know, they could be deals, it could be certain specific clients, anything kind of leap out at you? 
Uh, I mean, I have, I've had a great career here, and I've had a, ve- a, a lot of very interesting clients with a lot of interesting issues. Uh, I'll just mention a few. Uh, there's a client that we are selling today. Uh, I actually started working on this client as a, as a six-year associate back in 1992. Uh, we did uh, a leverage buyout of this company out of a Connecticut-based public company. Uh, we then took this company public six months later, and I've been their outside counsel for 25 years. Hmm. It's my longest tenured client. Wow. And uh, it was announced in February that they were getting sold to one of their um, – uh, somebody in their peer group in the semiconductor industry, and we're actually having the uh, special shareholder meeting this afternoon at two o'clock to approve the uh, merger, mm. and then it'll close later today or first thing tomorrow. Mm. So that was a client I had literally as an associate mm. and was the outside lawyer for 25 years, and that was a great opportunity. I saw the company from the from the very beginning before we even incorporated the company that bought the assets, and it was a great ride. So what stands out about it? Just the longevity of it? The fact that the most companies... The relationships I developed with the founder and CEO and the other members of the management, the board of directors that changed for 20, over the 25 years. They did a lot of M&A. We did four public offerings um, in the first two years they were public. Uh, did a lot of M&A um, and did a lot of work with them. They had an activist shareholder about a year ago, and that was interesting to, to work on that. And then the sales process was very interesting mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just the relationships you develop mm-hmm. and the fact that it was you know, it's 25 years. Very few people have clients that go for, that for 25 yeah, years. That makes sense. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, mm-hmm. did all, we did 100% of their legal work. Mm-hmm. They never hired uh, an internal general counsel. Mm-hmm. We did 100% of their legal work. And um, it was just, a, it's just, I had a great relationship with the, the founder and CEO, and uh, it was a great ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, other clients, I've, uh, you know, my largest client today, I actually developed while I was on vacation. I uh, <laughs> met the CEO of this company while I was, uh, I think, on vacation at Can- in Canyon Ranch in Tucson, Arizona. We got to be friendly during that vacation. Uh, and then I pursued uh, his company's work for five or six years. Uh, they're, not, they're not in Northern California. They're in Southern California. I pursued his company's work for five or six years. He gave us a small deal. Uh, then he gave us a small litigation assignment, and he liked the work product. And then one day, about eight or nine years ago, uh, he recommended to his board that they turn all of the legal work over to Omelvity, which they did, and mm. we've been their outside counsel for the last eight or nine years. Mm. We've done about mm. 30 acquisitions for them. Mm. We do all of their outside corporate work, and it's just been a great relationship. They have a general counsel there. They have some very senior management uh, in the company and a very interesting board of directors. That's been a great opportunity because it's just been one serial acquisition after another that's been fun and then there's been a ton of startups over the years i used to i used to like this one we we i did the private equity buyout of uh an international hamburger chain called johnny rockets Hmm. and so they're all over the west coast and i think they're in about 80 countries now so we did the leverage buyout of that company back in uh 
back in the mid 90s and that was kind of fun because they used to offer free free uh, coupons for free food so I used to take a lot of clients and summer associates to that place for years they eventually got sold to Daniel Snyder's uh uh, one of their affiliates, I think, called Red Rocket. So that was kind of interesting because everybody's heard of that company. Um, and I've got a number of unicorns, you know, these companies, uh, these privately held companies that are very large in size, uh, approaching multi market caps that you would normally associate with public companies, but they're private and they're raising a lot of money and they're very interesting companies. Um, mm. And so that's been, that's a, that's one of the newer developments in the Valley, the rise of these large private companies and uh, all the issues that come with representing those companies. That's been fun. So mm -hmm. a number of those, mm -hmm. uh, that's been fun. And, and I've also enjoyed working with repeat entrepreneurs. I've had, I've had some entrepreneurs who are now on their third, fourth, fifth, and sixth companies. Uh, and I've worked with them on every, on every one of them, uh, help them get financed, um, and help them get sold. Most of them have gotten sold as opposed to going public. Some have gone public and then got sold later. So that's been an interesting mm -hmm. practice as well. That's been an interesting mm -hmm. part of this practice as well. What, tell me, so you've been obviously, you've been doing this for almost 30 years. 30 and a half years. 30 and a half years. Um, do, how has it changed? Do you feel like it, it has changed a lot? Or do you feel like it's largely the same? Talk to me a little about the perspective that you have after yeah, been doing valley. this. In the valley. Yeah. In the valley. Yeah, in the valley. Yeah, I mean, it, it's changed. Um, it's changed a lot. I, I think that um, uh, client demands are much greater. I think Blackberries and iPhones, this device has required lawyers and other service providers to provide almost instantaneous responses and advice and opinions. Whereas before, you'd have some time to digest. Now people want an answer in 12 seconds. <laughs> That's changed a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, People used to have uh, dra drafting sessions on documents, for example. You know, years ago, here and in New York, people would sit around a room and negotiate documents. Uh, now... You just do it all by email. Mm -hmm. Black lines of documents exchanging back and forth. And um, you may never meet your adversary on a transaction. It's likely that you won't in person. Mm -hmm. Closings are no longer in person. Mm -hmm. That's changed. Um, and the speed of the deals, uh, they're, they're a lot quicker. There's, there's an emphasis on getting a, a detailed term sheet done, whether it's for an investment or an M&A transaction. You get a really detailed term sheet of like 10 or 12 pages and hopefully that cuts down on the negotiations of the definitive agreements. Mm -hmm. And it usually does, because mm -hmm. if, you, if you do a one-page term sheet, then you're leaving everything to the definitive agreement, and then you're just spending weeks negotiating indemnities. If you have a 12-page term sheet where everything's ironed out, then if, if the other counsel, the buyer's uh, counsel, is being true to the term sheet, it's, and you spell it out in the definitive agreement the way it's spelled out in the term sheet, it's, it's maybe a couple of rounds of negotiations mm -hmm. and then you're ready to sign a definitive agreement mm -hmm. and go get your regulatory approvals or your shareholder approvals. So that's changed a lot. Um, traffic's, got, traffic's gotten worse. <laughs> uh, value, there's a lot more people with a lot more money chasing deals. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's busier now than it was during the internet bubble hmm. from the late 90s and early 2000s. I think it, the pace is busier now than it was back then. Hmm. And so I've noticed that. Oh, um, interesting. And so, yeah, I don't know what that means, but it's, it's <laughs> definitely just busier. 
So of all the things that you do do, I mean, obviously you do M&A, you work with startups, you work with founders, you advise boards, you work right. with public companies. What is kind of your like most favorite thing that you really enjoy the most if you had to pick one? I mean, I'm sure you like all of it, but if you had to pick one thing that's kind of really your favorite, what would you say that would be? Um, well, I, I guess I'll, let me give uh, I want two things. One, I, I like to negotiate. So I like doing M&A transactions. Mm. I like negotiating indemnities. I like negotiating provisions that have an economic and legal benefit to the client. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of sales-side work. So a lot of, lot of venture-backed sales-side transactions. So the action is in the indemnity and how long after the closing a buyer can go after the uh, shareholders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like negotiating that on the seller side and also on the buyer side because it's easier on the buyer side. Because uh, you can always say no, uh, and I like you know trying to improve the economics of a transaction, whether it's the way we describe the networking capital tests, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, how to handle the founders and and their vesting and their making sure they're protected in case they're terminated after the closing, things like that. So I like I like negotiating. So and that's the most the most negotiating I think I can do is on an M and A transaction because there's a lot less negotiation in an IPO. Except for the underwriting agreement, there's a lot less negotiation in venture financings. So M&A, that's where I enjoy uh, my negotiating skills. The other thing I like doing is I like forming companies. I like when entrepreneurs come in here, they get referred to me from someone or maybe something I've written, something they've read. Uh, Usually it's a referral from a client or a venture capitalist. And I like meeting new young people who have never done this before. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to, they have a PhD thesis at Stanford and they want to try to turn that into a business. And so I like working with them. I help them with their business plan and I help introduce them to potential financing sources. Now I can't get them financed, but I can open doors for them mm-hmm. and get them meetings with, with investors they'd like to meet. But once they open the door, they have to put on their own dancing shoes and do what they can do to, to raise money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they raise money, they're a client. A par- I view them as a partner. They're a client for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it a womb-to-tomb representation. <laughs> Luckily, there haven't been a lot of tombs in the last 10 or 15 years. Um, and so we're their partner. We go to their board meetings. Uh, we advise them on everything they're doing of a legal nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's whether it's employment law. Hiring people, firing people, IP protection, licensing of IP, you name it. We do everything. We, mm-hmm. we try to have it one-stop shopping in this office so that everybody you need to help with a company is here, mm-hmm. whether it's litigation, whether it's employee, uh, employee benefits with general corporate people who do financings. It's all in this office. Mm-hmm. And I love watching these companies grow and develop. Now, you've obviously had a very long and successful career. You obviously love what you do, but have you ever thought about doing something else? Maybe be a venture capitalist yourself or something else that you know wasn't necessarily just I've, being a yeah, lawyer? Yeah, I mean, I've, thought, I've had invitations to go in-house to companies. Um, never really considered it because I just, I'm not sure I could just work with one company. Mm-hmm. I like the variety that this practice offers, that I can work on maybe 10 different companies a day. Um, that's stimulating and that's exciting. So I've thought about GC. I've thought about venture. You know, I've had some invitations over the years to join some venture funds. Um, I do do some investing on my own uh, privately in startups. So I like that. I like that aspect. I like I like the investment opportunity. 
Uh, I just, uh, you know, I just, I've just enjoyed this practice um, and what I do day, day in and day out that uh, I really haven't thought that much about other different options. Well, Warren, I really appreciate your taking the time. If you do decide to ever do anything else, you'll have to come back and tell me about it. I will. I will. Thank you very much for the kind words and for the time. This is Richard Chu and Warren Lazaro. Thanks. Thanks.